Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, everyone, and welcome in to Smashbox TV Podcast 439. Terry Miller, the disc golf guy in studio next to Johnny V. When do we get an off season? I'm just curious, Terry, because it feels like every week we have so much to talk about. There's so many things going on. The the off season feels busier for news, less repetitive. Like during the season, it's always like, all right, who won? Let's talk to them. Oh, good. You shot a thousand and eighty round. You're really good. It's the off season where all the cool, fun stuff, unexpected things happen. There's controversies. There's drama. There's, you know, there's new tours. There's new broadcasts. There's so much stuff going on, Terry Miller. Yeah, well, I'm just going to skip all that and head to Thailand. I'm out. Okay. Oh, wait, I'm doing work there, too. Never mind. When do you leave for Thailand? Uh, Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. So uh, here's the forewarning. Depending on how things shake out with travels, I may or may not be available come next Tuesday. You've joined us from Thailand before from I have. on the course, which I have. is my favorite. And uh, a recent photo was uh, reposted of that, thanks to our friend Kinga, ah, Kinga. Uh, over there in Australia. He had posted a great photo of when I was uh, sitting there talking with Nigel from right there on the course. There might be some of that, and there's probably going to be a number of check-ins, but they may not be at uh, the most opportune times overall for people here in the U.S. But I'll, I'll be doing plenty of check-ins from all around the travels. Well, if you can't join us... I'll let you know. Awesome. I mean, let me know, and then I'll find uh, I, I'll find someone to interview, or we'll have a, a guest host or something. You know, there's there's always lots. Of You'll talk about. try and find a way to get by. You'll try I'll, to survive. I will try to survive, like Gloria Gaynor. I will survive. <laughs> yes, you will. Or cake, either one. Your choice, people. Cake mm-hmm. is awesome too. Yeah, we listen uh, to that a lot in college. Yeah, I was just going to say, I feel like uh, hearing my sweet mate uh, playing that quite a bit. Uh, tonight, we've got a pretty sweet show. Speaking of some cake, we got a great show lined up. Uh, we're going to have Andrew Marweed. He's going to be joining us in just a few moments. If somehow you didn't know what was going on at the Shelly Sharp, then you weren't paying attention to the YouTubes. Uh, but this weekend, we had the A-tier taking place, the Shelly Sharp Memorial presented by Spinners on the Green. I had the pleasure of, again, being there in attendance and uh, capturing the action. 
production. So Andrew Marweed is going to join us. And then shortly after Andrew Marweed joins us, an Arizona resident and also winner of this weekend, one Jennifer Allen. She'll be joining us. And then, uh, because there's so many things, as you said, going on, various tours, there's European contingencies and conversations, but there's also uh, some very specific women's only based events that are taking place. And we hear of the tours. We talk of them uh, frequently and we reference them. And we want to shed a little, uh, shine a little spotlight on one of them that's going on down in in uh, Texas. I was going to say Florida as well. But in Texas, uh, we're going to talk to Chrissy Fountain. Uh, she's got some information about uh, taking place down there, uh, wildflower uh, tour and tournaments taking place. So we got a jam-packed show. Lots of action tonight. We do. Um, maybe, uh, maybe I'll work with uh, one of the women's tours about getting that little tour on Skip Ace. I like it. Yeah, you know, how, how much fun would that be for them? A lot of mm. fun. Probably a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Who doesn't like to bet on themselves? Uh, well, there's, I guess, depending <laughs> I mean, when some of these people go and uh, create their own uh, contracts year in and year out, we'll, we'll see who's placing their biggest bets. But so thank you for joining us. Uh, looking forward to having all these great chats tonight. And our very first guest is ready to go. He's in our green room, Disparent Digital Green Room. And we're going to welcome him to the show. One, Andrew Marweed. What, what? <laughs> How's it going, guys? Good, Have you good. ever been introduced with a what, what before? I'm just curious. <laughs> That's the first time. Okay, good. Hopefully the last. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> a long weekend of commentating alone uh, gets you sometimes a little bit silly. And uh, you can you can see Vista so many times before you're, you're starting to run out of things you want to talk about. So, uh, Andrew, uh, welcome to the show. Let's get this out of the way right, right off the bat. This is the hard-hitting stuff people need to know. All right. Do you go by Andy? I go by Andy and Andrew. Because almost every time I've referenced you, I know every time I have, and most of the world references you, I feel like, by Andrew, at least the disc golf community. And so we want to know if it's acceptable, largely because we think of a Nathan Queen who he's not a Nate. And most most of the time, abbreviations happen. In your case, you're you're cool with it. You're an Andy and an Andrew. Yeah, they both work. Whatever comes out of your mouth first works okay. for me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, good. Now we got that all cleared up. Um, yeah, Andrew just sounds so formal and official when you're when you're dominating. Andy yeah, sounds if, like if I'm, you know an AM one player. Andrew yeah. sounds like a DGPT yeah, champion. Point. Yeah. If I'm sending an email, it'll be Andrew. If I'm sending a text message, it'll probably say Andy. How how did you sign Shelly Sharp Memorial Champion autographs? Like there had to be a few thousand of those. Uh, there was actually just one. There was a there was a, a kid before the last round who actually bought one of my hurricanes in the shop. I think so. He came up and asked me to sign it right before. It's Andrew. So uh, it, it doesn't get any better than that. A kid uh, yep. picking up a signature disc to uh, then go out and have you sign it. Uh, let, let's talk about that. First of all, congratulations, of course, on the victory. And we'll get into a few more details. But um, in, in a very non-jerkish way, I, I feel like I overheard someone say, well, but wait a minute. It feels like the crowd's larger for the chase card than it was for the lead card at the end. And I feel like, is that something you, you've, the, those players have earned? And, and clearly you're winning, you're dominating this tournament, but does that uh, offend you or upset you, knowing that sometimes these other names maybe have a larger crowd? Uh, I mean, I personally didn't really care. There, there was a significant 
uh, amount more people watching Chase Card for sure. There was, uh, I forget everybody who was on Chase Card, but at least three, probably if not all four, were big names. You know, ten, twenty mm-hmm. rated plus. And I think um, two of the guys on lead card last round, I believe, might have been their first lead card, or at least maybe on coverage at least. So you know, they, we were even talking, and they, they were kind of happy that there wasn't a huge crowd. You know, <laughs> take some of the nerves off, and for me, it didn't really matter. I try not to think about other people or other cards too much i kind of knew the position i was in and you know if i just stuck to my game plan and even honestly just took pars it was you know probably gonna be okay so yeah it didn't matter I, too much That's- i was just gonna say i think i heard the perfect response i think it was somebody else on 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 the card the lead card had said like hey we 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 need to earn some of that uh, fanfare yet. And and that's not, it's just a matter of where you are in your career. Uh, a lot of you guys are a little bit earlier in your professional career on a larger stage. And so that makes sense. I mean, people know they're going to, what they know what they're going to get if they're watching an Aaron Gossage and a Kale and a Drew. Those were the other, you know, three bigger names, we'll say, uh, established names out there on that chase card. And um, yeah, I, I didn't think there should be anything offensive about it, but no, I think yeah. it's just all part of the journey. I mean, I think Andy's breaking hearts because if you're following that second card, you're hoping to see a, an enormous comeback. Like, wow, Kale shot a 17 under to come back to win. You know, but no, Andrew's out here putting his foot down. Yeah, <laughs> it was it, it was uh, it was awesome to watch. You were so consistent throughout the weekend. Talk about this course. And as we were playing Vista and the new changes that were to it this year, talk about the course and how it suits your game. Yeah, so I, I would say the, the course suits my game pretty well. There's definitely uh, more backhands than there are forehands. Um so I was trying to play the backhand shot smart. Uh, if you watched all of the rounds, you know most of them weren't smart. A couple, I think one of the times I missed the Mando, I was just trying to lay up and I just shanked it. So, but the um, the forehand holes, yeah, I played those extremely well, most every single one. So for some reason, the forehand was super dialed this weekend. Uh, but the the changes are they're hard. Um, I forget who else said it, but I was playing with somebody, and he, he, I think he said it played about four strokes harder than previous years. Whether that number is accurate or not, I'm not sure, but it, the um, the holes that are changed, they're a lot harder. So whether it be Mando's or an extra 70 feet when you're throwing uphill over water, it makes a difference. <laughs> so uh, when it comes to Memorial, when there's you know probably even more of a top-heavy field and people that throw 500 feet, it might not make a huge difference, but... Um, I like the changes for the most part, probably mostly because I played well, but it's definitely a lot tougher of a course. Yeah, a lot of people were saying that it was for someone like you who maybe it doesn't have the best distance to come out and win at Vista is a is an accomplishment because we've seen in the past the 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 people who have won or have dominated on this course. Your Paul McBeths, your Anthony Barellas, um, uh, yeah. Adam Hammes, things like that. That they come out and just usually in what's known as kind of a fairly wide open course, come out and crush. You're more of a technician, as people would say. You, uh, you've even said it yourself. You prefer the second half of the season because those are your style of courses growing up you know, with them. What was it about this weekend on a course where you, know, you, you don't see a lot of trees that had you dialed in? Uh, you know, it's honestly a good question. I, oh, I wasn't... <laughs> Not to say that I wasn't trying to win, but I wasn't expecting too much going in because I didn't have a whole lot of practice uh, after getting here. And then once we um, got to Arizona, I got a pretty gnarly uh, 
blood blister on my finger, so I wasn't even playing a couple days before the tournament. But thankfully, it healed up just enough and it seemed to work out for me. But uh, what worked well for me at this course, I think, was um, staying in bounds. Not so much the last round. I had some, you know, OB shots, but luckily I made a lot of circle two putts to save my par. But the first two rounds that kind of put me in the lead and, you know, have a nice separation, I think, was staying in bounds. I might have only been out of bounds or missed a Mando, you know, one or two times, I think, where I'm sure there was a lot more. That was a bigger number for most other people at this course. So I think my, you know, game plan of playing smart on most holes, you know, it works and it worked well for me. So that was probably the separation, I would think. Yeah, and I'll add to that. Um, you you played what I feel like is standard for you, which is you didn't miss a putt. I mean, at one point, I think in the first round, your putter hadn't touched the ground. And I know you're yeah. you're kind of used to that. Not everyone else is. That's a good point. Yeah, I was 100% <laughs> on circle one the, the entire tournament. And then I don't know what my circle two stats were, but there, uh, I didn't have any looks the first round, and I probably made about half. So I did putt very well, um, which helps. So. Yeah, yeah, I'll spoil it just a little bit in that there there was a moment where I thought, well, I'm going to try and get a little bit of an artistic kind of a, a different uh, look or vantage point for a putt of yours or for a putt. I just wanted to change it up a little. And I was like, oh, well, it, it feels silly when you're the only cameraman to go after this weird angle because if you miss, it doesn't pay off. And then I was like, no, I'm going to do it when Andrew's putting <laughs> because he's – and sure enough, sure enough, hole six, final round uh, or second round or both, whatever. I know that was one instance. And then even on hole one during the final round, I, I put the camera literally on the ground just to kind of get a, a, a unique angle. And, of course, you made it. I was like, oh, yeah, I just – I know if I want to go for a unique angle, I'll just do it when this guy's putting. He doesn't, he doesn't miss, so. <laughs> so thank you thank you for uh making those you know decisions appear to be a little bit smarter on my end uh as we were closing out uh, one of the things that you talked about was that you just got into the memorial you just got in off the wait list uh so of course you're going to be back here in a few weeks uh at that course i should say what what is it about either that course or the schedule that is making you want to hit certain things because we know a lot of players are, are concerned about the pro tours, some of the silver events, and then they either take weekends off or they film with other events, but Memorial, you know, is it just cause it makes sense logistically then? Um, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, back on the way to Texas from Vegas, I believe is where it falls. And yeah. I've played Memorial the last few years. Um, and I think I took seventh there last year after, um, shooting hot round at Vista final round. So um, I've played some really good rounds at Fountain in the past. I've never really played a, you know, four rounds of really hot golf, but I played there the last few years. I've always really loved the courses if I can play well, I guess. And then I just like being in Arizona from coming from Michigan in the winter. You know, it's it was a little chilly this weekend, but uh, I'm just happy to be somewhere where it's warm and play some disc golf. Yeah, a lot of people from Arizona were not thrilled with the 52 to 58 degrees we had most oh, that of the time. Almost perfect. Yeah, people like <laughs> all three of us here, uh, you know, would take it just with no problems. But in Arizona, by Arizona's uh, standards. I get it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd love like another eight degrees on there, <laughs> but I'll take 52 over 
you know, what we have right now. Yeah, so not too yeah, bad. Exactly. Uh, wh- what is your game plan? A lot of people would want to know. What is what is uh, your touring life look like for this year? Uh, my touring life, um, I guess, tournament schedule-wise, um, I'm playing most of the Pro Tour. Uh, I think there's only two, maybe three I'm not playing, uh, California, and then I have to uh, unfortunately miss Idlewild this year. Mm. So uh, that's a couple, and then I'm doing more than half, I think, of the Silver Series. Um, so yeah, most of them. It, it definitely enough to qualify for, you know, whatever number you take for the Elite Series and Silver Series to, you know, get those points. I've got to assume Idlewild falls on a on a wedding weekend for somebody. Yeah, that's correct. Okay, <laughs> that, is it your wedding? <laughs> No, it's not. It's uh, a buddy from Michigan. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Just, uh, I I wouldn't think you'd put your own wedding on that uh, particular weekend. Uh, (laughs) um, It's just so funny that it's also so predictable. That's about the only reason we see players not at a particular event on any given week. uh, And, you know, these days is specifically due to a a wedding. Um, And then international, that's not on the plans for this year, or is it? Uh, no, not this year. Um, my girlfriend Lindsay and I are hoping to hopefully next year it would be super fun. You know, try to do a couple or a few. Who knows? But um, not this year, no. Okay. Um, so last year, of course, you went over to DGA. You had the new contract. Uh, I think it kind of took a few people by surprise, even uh, that uh, you know you had switched sponsors. DGA clearly has been investing in a number of really solid players. They've always had a team, but it feels like they've really stepped it up in the last couple of years and making uh, these acquisitions that they have. Um, if you had to give yourself a grade for your first year with a new sponsor in DGA last year, how would how would you rate your own season? And you personally, if you reflect on it, my own season. Ooh, that's tough. Um, probably like a, I guess like a B plus. I guess I don't know. It's it, it was kind of tough the first couple months getting used to the disc, just like mm-hmm. anybody who you know switches manufacturers. But um, I also, I mean, I've always been a pretty good putter, but switching putters uh, has really helped. I guess putting with something with a little more glide. You know, I put with the Splatterstone Steady BLs. They made a new run for me um, last year, and they're coming up with a new run for this for this year that releases in about a month. So I've been putting extremely well with those, and that has just elevated my game because most of the time if I'm trying to survive out on tour, my putter has to be fire. So that's been working out really well. Okay. And, um, well, of course, the, the board's wondering – is there is there any limited edition or special edition or signature uh, cookie minis or putters or anything of that in the works? I mean, are you leaning into that? Uh, I hope? Cookie putters? Um, no, not not really. Uh, there, there there'll be some good stuff coming out, you know, from a couple different places. So I can't spell too much, but nothing too crazy. But it's enough to spark some interest for sure. I love it. Uh, also sparking interest, we saw just before the event this weekend, I think I saw it on the on the TikToks or the Facebooks or somewhere, uh, a new extension as well with a one of your other sponsors. Uh, of course, you have DGA and you have Squatch, but uh, talk to us about your other contract extension and sponsorship. Yeah, I re-signed with uh, Great Lakes Dis. They're um, a store in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I signed with them for five more years. Um I've been with them. I think this is, it will be my fifth year. So 
made made sense for on your fifth year to sign for five more years. But um, Shay and Brian from Great Lakes, um, we just decided it made sense. You know, they're great guys. I've been with them for a while. Back in my home state of Michigan, uh, they have every manufacturer. They've been a huge, you know, influx of DGA, especially this last year. So they've been a huge supporters of me over the last few years, and it's only getting bigger. They're redoing their store, and uh, I'm really excited for the next five years with them for sure. Some people would want to know because we often get a little glimpse of what a a bag sponsor and or a manufacturer sponsor look like, uh, and, and what that can consist of. Share whatever details you can. But what is a when a store like that uh, sponsors you and and you sign on with five years? What are some of the types of things within that relationship or that contract that you can share? Like what what does that mean to you and to them? Um, I guess. To them, it was mostly the relationship, you know, being both in Michigan, I know them both personally very well. Um, it, we kind of both knew that, hey, I wasn't going to leave and you're not going to drop me. So let's just do five more years, you know, so we're we're, we're very close with each other. Um, so it just made sense. But uh, on my end, um, they have a lot of of my like fundraiser discs. They yeah, so they um, hold stock of a lot of different disc with my name on it and they've even um had a limited edition this last year of my putter so they were the only store to get that so they they're they have an how do i word this sorry they they they, um have had limited editions and in hopes of doing more limited editions as well so you can only get you know andrew marley dj disc from them so there'll be some special things with them going on throughout the years for sure and well, so congratulations on that. I know that's not as common. And so that really kind of stands out that you have a five-year deal uh, with a retailer. And then I, I don't know how many people have then reached out since I lobbed out the, the question this weekend about you possibly being a, a sweatshirt model. Is that, <laughs> is that take, has that had any traction? Is that taking off anywhere? No, unfortunately not. I, I, I did watch the coverage. I was hoping so, but no, that is, that is one of my main forms of attire is shorts and a hoodie so i was hoping so uh it's not too late i i don't know you know i think uh well i mean let's just put it out there now is that like a uh an under armor or a nike is there any is there any particular you know uh outdoor apparel company that could then of course get branded with dga and and uh and great lakes disc is there any favorable sweatshirt company that's a good question. I don't know for sweatshirts because I usually just get them from, you know, either D Great Lakes. So I, don't, I guess I don't even know what brand they are. I do like Adidas socks. So let's just stick with them. Okay. Okay. So Adidas sweatshirts and socks. I don't know. Somebody <laughs> out there is listening in and let's get this guy hooked up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've got nowhere to go with that. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, I was correct, though. You had three different sweatshirts for the three different rounds. Am I right on that? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I wanted to wear, you know, one of my nice polos, but it was just a little bit too cold. I, uh, by the time the last few holes of each round, you know, when it was getting close to close to dark, almost, it, I was pretty much freezing. So I was glad I wore a hoodie at least. I, it makes perfect sense, and uh, I, I like. How many sweatshirts do you have? That's the next question. Oh, uh, maybe like eight or something. I don't know. Rough guess. 
All right, so you can go a whole week uh, and then some with a different one. I, I, I like that play. Uh, so earlier when I asked about touring and where you're going, uh, what's kind of the mechanism? Just a few weeks ago, we talked to James Conrad, who's redoing they're redoing an entire bus. Uh, everyone, we've seen everything from cars to vans to RVs to fifth wheels and everything in between. What's, uh, what's the strategy you're going with this year and why? Yeah, I, I still got the same van. Um just a Ram ProMaster, but uh, Lindsay and I are hoping to improve um, next year, getting a little bit longer of a van. You can't get too much taller. Uh, they're all the high roofs are all the same, pretty much. So a, a little more room would be more comfortable and nice. But yeah, we just got our cargo van that's you know all built out and nice and does the trick for us well. And because how how tall are you? Are these are these you you have different problems than I have. I'm six five, so I have to hunch a little bit when I get in, but it's not too much. It's not too bad. Okay. Okay. I, Life of tall guys. Let me tell you. I I can you know. You don't have to worry. I, about I that. just have small spaces to worry about, not necessarily <laughs> tall spaces. It's a little bit different. Uh, um. Uh. So what are you? So next week? Uh. No, it's not next week. I'm sorry. A couple of weeks from now, you you will be at the uh, Maricopa event. Is that correct? Yep, that'd be my first time going down there to play that event. So I was going to say, kind of, what's what are your next few weeks look like before you uh, jump into Las Vegas and officially kick off the pro tour season? Yeah, so got a off week this weekend. So last couple of days, I've just been laying low, relaxing, trying to you know rest and whatnot. And then uh, the week after that, like you said, it's Maricopa, and then I believe it, there's like a two and a half week break until Vegas. Mm-hmm. So. Um, uh after maricopa just more training for vegas i'm not sure how early we're going to be there but hopefully more than a few days to really you know try to lock in on those courses to have a good start for the pro tour season slash points and whatnot but um we were thinking about maybe staying around for a little bit longer before we head over there we're not really sure so i don't have too many plans you know in great detail yet but there'll be a couple a couple weeks at least of uh, a break after maricopa before vegas is there anything that you guys are both looking especially forward to this year on the tour, a place on or off the beaten path that maybe you want to hit up or visit or hike or take in or a show? I mean, anything. Is there anything across the country that you, you, you know, have on the bucket list? Yeah, so I'd say there's, there's a couple. I'll start with the first one is we, we've always really liked Vermont, so we're always super excited to go back to the East Coast, and especially Vermont is – um, one of our favorite places to go. But the other one is we went to Big Bend National Park last year, which was, you know, a little bit out of the way of the the trek over to Texas. But it was such a huge park. We wanted to try to maybe visit a little bit more this year. But if time allows, it might not. But that was another destination we were thinking about doing. Okay. Yeah. I. It's <laughs> clearly it's no secret. Plenty of people have Vermont as a place where they wish we could spend more time. And then, of course, having the World Championships taking place uh, there this year. Uh, how how much are you looking forward to the worlds being at those two particular courses? And how do those suit your game? I like it a lot more than Kansas. I'll just say that. But I'm I'm, I'm pretty stoked for it to be in Vermont. You know, I've had some pretty hot rounds at both of those courses. Um, played well at the GMC a couple of years ago and usually I always do at least good enough but um all it takes is one breakout weekend to you know make some moves so I'm pretty excited love it what what would you I don't know how much you've thought about this but what would you you know if we fast forwarded one year and you were reflecting on the 2023 season 
what would you uh, think you would have hoped to accomplish or what's kind of like a benchmark for a, a good or a great season for you? An, Anything in particular? Another putting title. Yeah. I mean, you, you seem to rack them up 92%, 91%, nine, like you, you're almost unstoppable inside the circle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, what, what I, would I be success take... to you? Uh, success. I think, um, you know, as much as I do take good pride in my putting at the end of the day, you know, I could putt really well and still, you know, take 30th place or something like that. So I, I really think it comes down to having some top finishes, whether it be top 10 or top five or hopefully a win, but you know, uh, uh just trying to be more consistent to finish in, you know, the top 10 to be on the, you know, UDIS leaderboards and just stuff like that. So, um, it would just be nice to be in contention more often than, um, every once in a while. So I think consistency would be a big key. Okay. I, now I, I did not do a deep dive, but your first round this last weekend was rated 1082. I, I wouldn't think that is, your highest ever it's probably one of the higher ones or or do you know where that rate uh ranks for you yeah i think it's my second highest okay wow how does that feel i mean you said you played that course really well <laughs> does that does that surprise you or or do you feel like that was just a a day out at the park because it was actually the windiest of all the days you shot the hottest score on the windiest day on the opening round yeah, it was uh, obviously it's unexpected because it was the first round of the of the season and not having too much practice before that. Um, but it, it was kind of weird before I checked the ratings after the round was done. It, it felt like a good round, but I didn't I didn't really think it would be that high, you know, because that was like I said when I interviewed with you after the the tournament is, um, you know, not having any circle two looks for a whole entire round is very strange for me because. Usually my my driving is good, but not great. So I'm just outside the circle. So I think the extra 10 feet closer to the basket on half of the holes uh, makes a huge difference because 100% circle one meant a lot more birdies. And the only bogey being, you know, a two-meter penalty, mm-hmm. uh, it seemed to work out pretty well for me in the wind, staying, you know, OB-free besides a two-meter. Yeah, it was. Uh, and then maybe one of my last questions about that before we uh, cut you loose Going back to that first round, you shot 10 under. Uh, again, windiest conditions. Uh, it wasn't maybe the coldest day, but it was one of the chillier days. Windiest conditions. And when you got done with the course, uh, you were you were the first MPO card to go out, actually. And when it was all said and done, you had the entire field by five strokes. You had doubled yeah. the next best score. I think there were four or five guys tied at five under. What are you thinking on that first night when you put your head on your pillow and you just bested the field by five to open the tournament? What's going through your head at that point? <laughs> it, it was a weird feeling knowing that, you know, being ahead by so much after just one round, it was uh, it, it was mostly a try not to blow it, you know, moment. <laughs> um, so it's one of those things where you still have to be aggressive the next day, but also you have to play a little more smart knowing you have a decent lead that you don't actually have to go for the ones that maybe you want um, beforehand. And if I wasn't in that position, so obviously you can't complain with being ahead by so much, but it, it changes your game plan a little bit. And luckily my putter stayed hot and tried to avoid the big mistakes. Um, and as you guys know, it worked out pretty well. So I was super excited with this past weekend and it's a really great start to this year. 
Yeah, I would say so. I just, I, the, uh, just the idea. I mean, you were against a really solid field with some great competitors, and to think you came in five clear of the next person uh, and literally had doubled their score, you know, with 11 birdies and, and that single bogey, it, it just makes it, the more I think about it, the more impressive it really was because no one was near you uh, after that first round. And, um, and, and you held on and you, play, you played, of course, very solid throughout. So, How, all right. I was going to say real quick, one last question. How does it feel being kind of almost, <laughs> I feel like you're almost the elder statesman now of the new young DGA team. I mean, you guys have yeah, they, no, no, Noah Mainzma. You mm-hmm. have uh uh, even though he's he is kind of a tour veteran, you've got the lefty in. Oh my God, um, uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Austin Austin Turner. Hannum, or not? Yeah. You have Austin Hannum, but I'm thinking I was thinking Austin Turner and Austin Turner. Yeah, now. but you have Austin Hannum and Austin collecting Turner. Austins left and right. <laughs> I mean, you, you you were one of the first guys to sign on to the quote. I guess we call it almost the new DGA t- touring team. Yeah, I mean they they had some guys, but you were kind of the first big one. You and Cat. So how does that feel to be kind of the, yeah, the, the head of the team? Trailblazer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. They, they um, we, we also picked up uh, Cole Rodallin, too, if I pronounce oh, his last yeah, name right. Cole. Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so they, we got some crushers this year. It's pretty sweet. But um, I, I, I still think of Shasta as being, you know, the, the guy for DGA. He's, he he's been around for a long time. So for, with me only being around for a year, happy to welcome the new guys in. Uh, get them used to the ropes, maybe. I don't know, but uh, it's it's it just it's nice to have a pretty uh, solid, you know, complete team of some top guys. And as you, as you can, you guys saw with Noah this past weekend, taking second, shooting some fire rounds that uh, got a pretty complete squad and hoping to show some guys what DJ Plastics all about. Yeah, it uh, certainly was very impressive. Uh, I I would love to somebody get Stat Mando on it to find when we had uh, DGA two DGA guys take top two spots uh, at an A tier of this size mm-hmm. and caliber, and it's very impressive uh, what you both did. So many great shots, like you said, by your teammate in watching uh, what Noah Meinsma was doing out there. And in a few days, I'm going to be watching Shasta on the other side of the world in Thailand throw some shots and. Uh, Maybe I get to record another DGA win over there. Somebody put me on DGA's books, damn it. Give me give me that money. Anyway, uh, you did the work. It was so incredible to watch. It was a lot of fun. Uh, so, uh, I mean, you, you're very humble in how you walk and you carry yourself and you just go out and get the work done. And uh, it's I don't know how you somebody can't be rooting for watching you do what you do. It's it's the perfection on the green, making use of all your tools in in terms of getting yourself anywhere near a basket and then always closing it out. It's uh, it was a real pleasure to watch. And uh, congratulations on this weekend. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Uh, last, before we let you go, then, is uh, final oh, okay. shout-outs. No, this, this one's an easy one for you. We're, we're lobbing this one up. Uh, final shout-outs, uh, sponsors, anyone you want to thank, uh, anything you want to say, or or ways people can go out and additionally support you by whatever means or links or codes or whatever. Go ahead and uh, shout those all out. For sure, yeah. Always got to thank the sponsors, of course, DGA, uh, Great Lakes Disc, Squatch Disc Golf Bags, and then Mitten Bags. Um, a good way to support me, as always, you know, buying the Tour Series when they come out. They'll be coming on about a month. Um, and then um, they're just running some big sales after my win on DGA. If you want to buy some, uh, you know, Hurricanes and some Stone BLs, get the putters I putt with. It works out for me. Hopefully it works out for you. And then go check out Great Lakes Disc. They got some limited edition discs they just came out with. So 
anything DGA, you know, both those stores got it. So awesome. All right. Well, well Andrew, yeah. uh, enjoy your time in Arizona. I hope it warms up just a little bit more uh, while you're down there for the next few weeks. And then uh, a few weeks after that, I'm going to see you out in Vegas and uh, looking forward to kicking off the 2023 Disc Golf Pro Tour season. You already got this nice eight year win. Uh, under your belt and looking forward to more from you this season so best of luck be safe and uh, we'll see you in vegas awesome thanks guys Good night, all right andrew. see ya our champion andrew marweed on the mpo side i know we've said it before on the on the podcast drivers tend to sell discs like watching someone throw an awesome drive like a, a you know crush plastic 400 500 feet sells discs but if you think about it his putters should be flying off the shelves because putting inside the circle is something almost we can all do physically. Mm -hmm. And as I stated, I, I think three straight years in the top of the yep. putting league. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I think I run commercials on that, bro. I know you yeah, do. It's amazing. Someone, someone, someone was very impressive. Like, how does he do that? And then you <laughs> went to one of his commercials. It was, it was a, a great segue, Terry. I'm just thinking like those, those discs should be, out of stock everywhere all the time because if they work this well for andrew there's no reason they can't work for everybody yeah and he's uh i'm sure some of it is practice but i'm sure eh, some of it's the disc i think it's all the disc uh, wow you know Let's... you're really gunning for that dg <laughs> cash aren't you yeah pay me <laughs> me i'll just take like a stack of 10 of the uh -oh. of, of his putters that's okay. all i you know <laughs> I, I, I i'm i'm much cheaper than you terry i don't that's unsullied to ask for cash, <laughs> but to ask for discs, that's different. Uh, no, I think I could use a stack of those too. Uh, All right. I'm going to send, uh, I think in a moment, uh, once I get a few uh, little uh, housekeeping here, we will uh, reach out to our next guest who's going to be joining us. Uh, spoiler alert. She was able to squeak out a victory this weekend and uh, performed quite well in her new home state where she's been for a couple years and yeah, new uh, for like seven years or I, something. Know, I, I guess i guess she's not from there anymore anyway uh without further ado we have our fpo champion from this weekend's action over there at the shelly sharp memorial presented by spinners on the green we're gonna welcome in now jennifer allen hey jen uh you probably have to click on a button to unmute on there you go how about i just turn on my mic you could do that too yeah. You, you know, it's been she's, a long day. She's a professional. She hosts a podcast. Yeah. So <laughs> I've been on here all day long too. So I keep turning it off after every time. So uh, that's that's a good practice. I always turn yeah. off Johnny V's mic even when we're on. So it's that's it's, what I thought. It's better that way. Welcome in. How you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you guys? We're we're great. We're back. Uh, I'm back in Wisconsin, and you know we're just a few weeks away from the rest of the official disc golf season to kick off. Are you ready? I no. I want more <laughs> practice. <laughs> I you did did I did I see that you shot two thousand rated rounds? How are you not ready? I did <laughs> I wanted I wanted three. Oh, <laughs> oh all right, geez. yeah. I know because Man. shooting two thousand rated rounds on on you know uh one of the elite series events will only get you probably top three top <laughs> maybe exactly. <you> know. <laughs> exactly. Wasn't good enough. It wasn't good enough. That's what I like to hear. All right. So we talked to Andrew uh, about some of the changes this weekend. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been 
kind of a, an objective of the event and the course uh, or the event staff with the course in terms of having a number of the T-pads have been altered throughout the last couple of years to have FPO T-pads. But then also this year, we saw them change up a few of the uh, pars for the holes. And mm-hmm. um, clearly, we, we all know at the end of the day, low score wins. Uh, right. In your case, a 23-stroke margin of victory is uh, is re- irregardless or regardless of par. Uh, either way, you won by 23, so it doesn't matter what pars are. But what what to you um, strike you for the changes that were in play this week? D- does it matter to you? No, because like I said, I was still kind of a little bit irritated that I, I left strokes out there. Um yeah. And that was, I mean, watch the footage. I left strokes out there. But definitely some of the pars um, were very soft for us. It is Mm kind of nice to see that, I guess, you know, the FPO and MPO scores were kind of close, you know. Um, So that that is nice, I guess, way to kind of design the course, maybe, that they could be played fairly closely on what we can accomplish. Um, I did talk to to Dan Ginley and a few others that um, I feel like definitely some of the pars were uh, weak for us, but they were played by all um, female competitors. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for an am or a novice player to, you know, play some of those really long holes as par fours would be very difficult, especially, you know, um, like hole seven to me felt a little soft as a par five. Mm-hmm. But if you consider, and you know, an AM woman trying to play, it's probably about, I don't know, f- close to 500 foot hole, and then it was made an island. So, I mean, it makes sense why they the pars were a little higher. Mm-hmm. Um, but for an open player, some of them were a little soft. Um, sure. I think I counted, there was probably, you know, probably about six eagle attempts out mm. there um, the wow. two eagles that i had on sunday were literally drop-ins sure um so that makes it feel like it really honestly on on day one kind of changed my game plan <laughs> on hole seven um i bogeyed it on the first day and i had a, a drop-in eagle on the last day so um and it was just because i changed the way i was playing it because they were like oh it's a par five and i was like okay, I'll just pitch up and lay up and just get a tap in birdie, I guess. And it was, it was not my play. I, my, my play is aggressive. And um, unfortunately I, I, I changed up a little bit of my play because of the pars and it cost me, you know, a stroke here or there, but. Um, which, which is funny to hear for me to hear you say that because the distances didn't change. And so the lowest score still wins, so it's funny. It's right. interesting. Maybe interesting is a better word than it's funny. A different mentality. Yeah, it's a different. Mm-hmm. It's interesting though to have such a different mentality because, like you said, hole seven was the same hole as it was on round one as it was on round three, but your your frame of mind changed about it. Yeah, I was tucked in. I've been attacking it and getting the easy three um, for the last couple of weeks practicing, but the first day there was a small child kind of fishing with her dad. And I was, you know, a little hesitant to really push the water's edge on that drive. And so I was a little bit pinched off on the left side towards the tree. So my, my approach on that green is a, is a big spike hyzer. And, um, 
I didn't feel like I could get the height and the turn to get around that last Mando um, safely. But then after the fact, I decided I was an idiot because I could have thrown it straight out of bounds and went up to the drop zone and jump putted for my par. So <laughs> next time I'll just throw it straight out of bounds and um, you can save your par. So there's a... <laughs> notes and easy how to play that hole for anyone else. <laughs> so uh, just so everyone does know, in case you didn't see the coverage yet uh, on the MPO side, the FPO coverage is getting worked on as well. Uh, hole 7, 17, and 18 out at the Vista course uh, have been altered in the sense that there's actually an island green that surrounds those baskets. And hole seven is after the very long walk that you take for, to get from six to seven. And it's it's part of the other side of the course, so to speak. And it's usually, mm-hmm. it's about 650 feet, uh, par four, uh, typically. Is it that long? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's 650 uh, or 660 or 680, something like that. And... Um, and once you cross that second sidewalk that's out there, you have to land inside this island green, which is about a, a 10 meter um, yeah. in in size. And um, it just it definitely made people contemplate as you were just talking about your strategy. Right. It mm-hmm. totally changes up. I think it changes up how you play seven more than it does how you play 17 or 18 because 17 Absolutely. and 18. You're trying to throw to those exact spots regardless. Right. Right. They're 280 feet. Yeah. So those are, um, that one, 17 was, um, I think it was only harder because a lot of the women that I practiced with or played with or whatever, you know, really kind of use that slide approach. That's such a, if you're going at that basket with any kind of height, you're usually going to go OB left. And so it's not a bad play to land short and slide up towards that pin placement um, because of the slope of the green. Um, but when, when there's a wall <laughs> at circle's edge, um, that really kind of affected and made several of the women go out of bounds on that one or go to the drop zone. Yeah. And so, in 17, you know, th- I think some people may, may contemplate the forehand. It, they, they may yeah. not feel super comfortable with it, but because you can't play the skip, mm-hmm. it does right. bring a forehand play. I mean, if you get it anywhere on Which there is always and it rolls, play. yeah, I yeah. was going to say, and if yeah. it happens to roll, that wall actually saves stops you. It. Yeah. It so, and, and I think that's going to be a, an interesting question that will definitely come into play is, you know, the pro tour has really taken a, a specific approach to saying in almost every instance, I think that the wall, the, uh, a wall of that sort is not the defining line. Right. And this weekend they played it as it really was. And, and it mm-hmm. could, it stopped you right at OB, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll be interested to see if people like it one way or another, you know, if they, how, if they feel strongly about it, it was clearly it can save you strokes and it can yeah, yeah. give them away. Right. Yeah. Right. Because on that green specifically 17, you know, has always been that hole. Do you risk running the birdie putt or par mm-hmm. putt or whichever? Because if you hit cage or even spit out, you're there's a high chance you're rolling out of bounds. Exactly. And so that did happen a couple of times where the roll was stopped by the wall. So if there was that meter in front of the wall um, of OB, which is, you know, for putting anyways, you want that space. Um, that would have added a few more strokes to folks. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. So it's uh, I I don't know that there's a wrong or a right way. I see pros mm-hmm. and cons to both sides of it. Yeah. Um, I, I I just hope it doesn't create any confusion. Just knowing if that's the rule they're going to play mm-hmm. with at this particular event, which is not on the tour, um, right? That or the everybody, uh, yeah, that they understand that it's you know it's the the walls themselves. Now, uh, you, you know, you talked about practice, but. You know, you've been playing about the same amount of time as Johnny, although you play way more than we do. Um, but you've been playing disc golf for quite some time. What What is it going into this season that you really still want to get focused or dialed in on or or just out there practicing? What What in particular? Uh, definitely my putting. Um, I'm a great putter. It's It's all just trusting that I am that great putter when I'm out there during uh, the tournament and I definitely left a few. It's just that hair, a bit of softness and didn't help that, you know, half the baskets at Vista are elevated and it was windy. <laughs> and, you know, so that always adds to it out there. And those baskets, I don't feel catch very well. Um, yeah. so really? yeah, I don't think so. Really? Okay. Not really? Yeah. No, I mean, so that's your opinion. That's fine. I, okay. Yeah. So, um, but. I just want to go out there just as confidently as I do in the backyard and and hit all my putts like Andrew and everybody else. <laughs> okay. uh, um, but, just think how grand life would be if you putted like if we all putted like Andrew. Like no stress, like just <laughs> walk in the park. <laughs> it t- turn the whole sport into just a driving game. Uh, yeah, oh, I mean, if, if, if you're be so fun <laughs> coming from the world's furthest thrower. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, jeez, would yeah. be awesome. Uh, yeah, it's but, uh, no. I uh, I want to. I mean, I don't want to put the stress on putting as much. So I've been working on dialing in up shots and getting my accuracy, you know, as close as possible on every distance that I need to dialing in that little soft forehand i use that quite a bit this weekend um typically only with my for some reason i can flick my yeti putter so great and so my yeti goes 150 and that's max um my son convinced me to try the cayman for like i don't know it was probably pushing like 190 approach and it didn't happen is that really (laughs) I mean, the Cayman's more stable yeah. and a mm-hmm. little bit faster, right, than a than a Yeti yeah. putter. So it's interesting that I, I would think if you just increase the stability a little, I mean, you could just it's put a little bit glide. more on it. Yeah. Okay. So I have the two pins in the elbow, and that's why I never did forehand because it hurts when I try to throw it hard. Okay. And so with the putter, I and I literally learned that I could do this because I tried way back in the day when everyone tried to learn how to to do forehands. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really realized that, hey, if I do it really softly, I can do it when I was teaching the schools. And so I have my whatever 115 Skeeters that I take into the schools and I I teach forehand, even though I don't do it much. <laughs> I still teach the kids and um, the Skeeter just flies. <laughs> and so then I just kind of carry that over to the Yeti and it just has a great glide. And it's turned into a really good, just 150 foot approach shot. So uh, uh, trying to work w- that in more. I was just going to say whatever works, right? I mean, there's no mm-hmm. wrong way to go about it. Um, yep. W- what does your season 
and your tour kind of look like knowing that you obviously have been dabbling and, and performing well and winning and doing stuff in, in both divisions, both masters and open what, what's kind of the game plan for this year and, and are there any decisions getting tougher? Uh, I've really struggled. Um, this first big decision was um, skipping the champions cup. And okay. I was kind of sad because I um, got that invite by winning the Australia Open or Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the same weekend as the reunion at Masters Cup in at Daylaw. Mm. And I want to play our tree bash here, uh, the A-tier and Flagstaff, because mm-hmm. that is a great practice for Masters Worlds. So I still wanted to play Santa Cruz, but it's the same weekend um, open as the tree bash. And so I just kind of had to finagle it into where I decided to skip the major, um, go play the champion or master's cup instead of the champions cup. And then that way I can play tree bash. And so that's one master's event that I'm going to be playing instead of FBO. Yeah. And I was just going to say that I, that's where I feel like your heartstrings get pulled on the people, it does. the location, it's so hard. you know, I mean, rather than all traveling the all the way across country. Yeah. I mean, you're, mm-hmm. you're staying on the West coast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Kind of uh, crazy to see what it looks like. It, there's so much damage. So I'm curious to see what the beaches look like in a month or so. Uh, so totally along- trash right at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and along with that, I was just going to say, we, we had Callie McMorin on a few weeks ago mm-hmm. who talked about a master's tour, which clearly is not is not in your game plan at this moment, but talk about a master's tour existing and, and what does that yeah. mean, whether it's to you or to the sport? I'm super excited for all of it, uh, what she's doing. She's sticking her neck out there um, and, and working very hard. I wish there the schedule lined up where I could support her more. I mean, she's clearly a great friend. Mm -hmm. So um, I would love to be out there her very first year, but unfortunately the tournaments just really didn't line up to where I could play many of her events. So is, I hope it, you know, has great success so that in a year (laughs) or two, when I'm tired of playing with these young kids that I can take Callie's tour. (laughs) Okay. Um, do you do you look at that as a as a viable professional living, or do you see that I'm talking about the Masters Tour, or yeah. do you see that as something that people may take to if they've already retired or are are taking a, a sabbatical and and have six or mm-hmm. tw- you know nine months off? Like what? Wh- how do you see that? I mean, is it is it practical um, for, as a professional? I think it'll go. Yeah, I think it would go back to where what I was doing before, being able to work you know, mm-hmm. healthcare and take off and, and go play some of the major events. So I, I would go back to working healthcare. Uh, and that was going to be, I guess that's maybe mm-hmm. my next question is what is kind of your, your professional non disc golf playing career? Uh, what's, what's in the back of your mind or what's, what's the game plan for you for this year? Uh, no, just to, I'll, I'll say in general, five, 10 years. Um, I, I will probably more than likely um, go back into healthcare. I love what I do. I love helping patients. I'm really, really good at it. Um, I'd have to say I'm not a very um, pretty humble person, but I think I'm a much better healthcare worker than I am a golfer. 
<laughs> and so I love my job, and but breaks are good. And mm -hmm. COVID, definitely, I wanted a break from messing with that. And we got up, bought out by Medicare, and that was a disaster or different and <laughs> complicated, um, just in case Medicare is listening. Um, <laughs> So I wanted a break from that and I wanted a last couple shots at really trying to, to give it my all and see where I can still hang with, with the FPO players. And, and then I'll, I'll move up to where I'm just mainly playing masters events. Okay. Uh, it, it's exciting to see the masters division start to fill out and become that much more of a conversation piece yeah. week in and week out. And I, you know, all, again, all of us in the similar ish age range and uh <laughs> so we 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 know a lot of these people and a lot of these people mm -hmm. we grew up with playing competing against and or uh you know are, they were tournament directors but now are able to take different roles whatever the case might be uh it's just I, I really like how the master's cup took on that you know that moniker of you know the reunion event yes. that, that they're yes. calling and that's why year. i wanted i just couldn't miss that it just it has i've always loved that you know, homeschool kind of feeling, those great vibes when you get on those, you know, OG courses. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, talking to Tom, I interviewed him for PDGA radio. It just like, I knew I wanted to play it anyways. And then by the time I got done with that interview, I was like, uh, Grant, I'm not going to see you in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, makes perfect sense. Um, uh, so let's yeah. segue over to that. Uh, of course, taking on, uh, along with Grant Zellner, doing PDGA Radio, uh, something you didn't necessarily see yourself. I think that's a <laughs> no, fair statement. No, I remember years no. ago, you, you hated. Like, hated being on the microphone. Yeah, you, you ran being from in us. Front of, we would be like, hey, Jen, you want to come out? You're like, eh, I don't think, you know, yeah. maybe not my thing. We'd have to like trip you just to, <laughs> yeah. to put a mic in front of your face then. Uh, but... Here you are. Ours is easier. Ours is easier so I don't have to like look at myself or anything. <laughs> Ours is radio only. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And so I can talk. I just don't like <laughs> whole video. <laughs> you can talk. Uh, I mean, Johnny's got a face for radio. Uh, so, so um, how, how's it going? Like here you, how many it. episodes are in are you personally? Like, Oof, how many that's a you great guys... question. He's a numbers guy. Um, we're into, you know, our second year. So we started okay. January 1st last year. Okay. Um, at first we were doing an episode a week and now with all the travel with him traveling so much more and doing that too, we're switching to every two weeks. We did that kind of towards the end of last year, I think, something like that. It was easier. We did longer ep episodes instead of like weekly short episodes. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's been fun. Works good. You get an interview. I love bringing back all of the older players or historians of the game, um, interviewing all of, you know, the greats and, and in letting the new viewers you know, get to hear a little bit of the history because they don't know that, you know, they just know what they see right now. They know Paul and Ricky and, and all of the new, you know, huge superstars. Not, yeah. 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 All the exciting stuff that's going on right now, but the history of our sport is so incredible. Yeah. So, so I, um, I was just going to say, if you had to describe the podcast or give a plug for it, like explain to everyone else, if you're giving the elevator pitch on the PDGA podcast, how how do you describe it? I mean, 
Some people listen to we other just, podcasts besides ours, apparently. So uh, we, how would there's you time? Descri- yeah, because <laughs> we we take up a lot of time. Yeah, we do. No, but how would you de- how would you describe ours it? Ours are to much shorter. Okay. Ours are okay. much shorter. That's, that's not sell. saying much. That's a great sell. <laughs> But no, we just we try to give a, a wide variety of interviewing, like I said, you know, people who helps, you know, start this sport to our huge stars right now to, um, you know, we had Robert on going over the new rules. Like, it's just a wide variety. This next episode that's dropping on the 7th, we just interviewed David Wiggins and Albert Tom for the um, U.S. distance competition that is going to be out in two days mm-hmm. on Disc Golf Network and Disc Golf Pro Tour YouTube. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice and so, yeah. And so for them... <laughs> Um, but we just, you know, so if there's something exciting coming up, we try to maybe get them on, you know, to help promote that or if something happened, but it's not so much where, you know, you guys are so great on like the, the right now, you know, what the action that happened just now, or, you know, what's going on in the current moment. Ours isn't always the current moment. It, we mm-hmm. can try to be, but we just, you know, try to interview a variety of people. Like we um, interviewed Kristen and Silver last year together. We just interviewed um, Paige and Grady. So we do, you know, sometimes can get a few couples on there. For Portland, we were able to interview uh, Val and Nate and, mm-hmm. and help kind of promote what they've done with the sport and what they're doing now. So it's, it's just a wide variety. And that's PDGA Radio. Um, mm-hmm. You can find it on any of the podcasting apps. Podcaster, I'm a subscriber. I listen when. Aw, thanks. I, I do. I do listen when I. Um, <laughs> when I look at uh, yeah, Terry, how you do? Oh, he takes a drink. <laughs> uh, that is one of my favorite podcasts. It definitely uh, is. When when I look at some of the guests, I'm like, oh, this is one I really want to listen to. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I get right to it. Sometimes they they sit for a few days, but uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I really I don't blame en- you. I don't, I don't always listen to them immediately either, so it's no. Well, you you live to <laughs> it. <laughs> I barely want to listen to my own podcast. Gosh, <laughs> I have to sometimes go back and listen to make sure. Yeah. Like, how was that? You know. But, yeah. uh, well, you Grant guys all the editing. So I was just gonna say, you guys he makes like you sound smart post produce yeah. stuff like you like fix you make mistakes yes. what are you talking about well, we got time for that always not always but we we get to cut out the ums and the, the okay is there anything else you want to talk about like he cleans all that up mm. sometimes yeah. we're really good and sometimes it's just like he doesn't have any work to do but then there's times I feel like he needs to work harder. And so I'll try to screw up. And it's a good idea. Yeah. We got to make sure that money is spent in all the right places. Exactly. Right. They, they, these are your exactly. PDGA dues. And yeah. going, you know, yes. they're going to Grant Zellner editing ums. Exactly. <laughs> yep. So then right. that, that begs the question, this is this just one little piece? Is this a start? Is this a, um, do you have media in your future? Yeah. I have enjoyed doing the commentary. I, I definitely jumped in. Uh, Grant and I did all, I don't know if we did all of the majors together, but we did, I think I helped him with all of the FPO or FPO 40 or AM. We did, um, I helped with the AM women's um, for wor- their worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, so I helped with the PDGA commentary, um, Ace Run Pro. Sometimes maybe Terry might have me on mm-hmm. to commentate. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes, maybe. Yeah, sometimes. But I have enjoyed that. Actually, I was I was kind of shocked to to really 
get into that side of it as well. So um, it just it's nice to know that if if I can't play in ten years, maybe I can still be out there doing something. Uh, yeah. Certainly, it's it's one of the nice things, especially getting to your podcast every week. You get a lot of reps in front of the mic. It makes you more comfortable. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of experience. Like us, not saying you're old, mm-hmm. saying you're like us. Nope. And we've been we've been playing for a long time. Um, and so you have a great perspective uh, that other that a lot of younger people maybe don't have. So it's it's really nice to be able to to be able to focus that. You know, we, we've all played our 20 plus years uh, interviewing David today. It was really funny um, because he started, you know, I think he first threw when he was four and <laughs> then he first played like junior worlds when he was eight. And then Grant was like. Well, so you've been playing for a long time. Like, how old are you now? He's like 27. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So you've been playing as long as I have, but yet you're 27. Oh, wow. So there's, there's some people who've been playing 20 plus years and they're still young. Believe it or not. It's crazy. <laughs> I don't believe it. Uh, yeah. The, the, <laughs> I was, yeah. I was, I, I don't think that's the today. norm yet, but that's going to be in 20 years. That's very right. much going to be even more so the norm where it's like, Wait, you're only 32 and, and you know, you've been playing you've for 22 20 years, years or whatever. Yeah, it, that's becoming more and more common. Again, we were all pretty fortunate to find it in and our And there's teens. a lot of people our age that are now obviously with kids. You know, you've got mm-hmm. teens. I've got right. teens. Jen, you've got teens and older. All and over. All I over. Yeah. All over. <laughs> yeah, you have all, and so we, we've been bringing kids out to the course, you know, so, and mm-hmm. at some point, some of those kids are going to love it. You know, maybe, maybe yeah. ours you know, do or don't at times, but they're definitely going to love it and they're going to join in and they're going to play and they're going to be the future. I, I'd love to give my son, he's not listening, but I'll give him a little plug today. It was really fun. Um, he finally convinced a couple of his friends to go out and play today. I was, I was a good mom and I stayed home and I let them go by themselves. <laughs> I gave them some disc. And he texts me, um, they are hooked for life because he got to throw in a 350 foot ace in front of him. Wow. So that's he got, baller got move. a huge, huge <laughs> ace in front of his friends on the very first time that they played with him. So that was super fun today. So yeah, one out of three kids is, is probably going to be good in my house. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, uh, well, and it can get to be overload. I, I, I know it's yeah. great when everybody plays in a family, but sometimes yeah. that can, that has to get, I mean, if you're over there at the, uh, you know, the, the Schultz house, the Silas and Esther <laughs> Schultz, like, and, and again, I think only about half of their kids play, and that's still like twenty. So that's, I mean, at that's some a point, lot of tournament entry fees. Well, that on top of that, at some point, oh, I'm sure, sure those those kids are like, I, I want to sneak out and play by myself. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. I, if I can maybe sneak away for a round and don't have to play with my three siblings or whatever <laughs> happens to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, it's great that we're seeing this growth. It's it's you know something that we all envisioned you know so many years ago. But to see where it's gone just in the last few years and the explosion, the, the I, I love basking in the fact that we get to see this massive explosion mm-hmm. in our lifetime. Just never knowing if it was going to come, and now we've had what we've had over the last few years, and clearly we have no idea where it's going to go yet. But I know we could be right. looking at this in 20 years and being like, remember oh, when we thought that it. that yeah. was the big explosion? and uh, Or it could be in 20 years and be like, oh, that was great. Those were great times. Yeah. But to uh, know that we met who started this game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. like yeah. little things like that. Um, it doesn't matter how big the sport is going to grow. Like, it's cool to know that we we were kind of there when it all really, really started. And so we get to see the full picture. So yeah. I think that's really cool. Yeah, we've all 
You've met you met Steady Ed, right? Yeah, we've mm-hmm. all met Steady yeah. Ed. I've got discs signed. Terry's got discs signed, and other things. Yeah. And it's you know not many. You know the the future can't say that. How yeah. many? How I have many a people... personal disc signed where he almost hit me in the head at Amworlds, and so he <laughs> he signed. He was he was testing out. Um, I think it might have been the X Cal at at Terry. You were there, right? Amworlds in Kansas City. Ninety nine. Ninety nine. Yep. yep. We Johnny there. was there. I mm-hmm. was there. Yep. Yep. So wow. he was testing off that X Cal at Swope Park and almost hit me in the head. We were warming up putting for the final nine, and so he signed it. Duck steady Ed. <laughs> Duck steady. So. Get out of my uh, way, kid. Uh, <laughs> steady Ed throwing an X Cal. That just—that's so funny. Not uh, X Cal. XL. XL. Okay. Yeah. 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 XL makes more sense. I was like, wow, an X Cal. Like that's that's a stable. No. 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 That was a few years later, but yeah. 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 Either way. Yeah. Wrong company. I mean, uh, you never know what he's going to do. But uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I ask it all the time, especially here at the beginning of the season. But like, what's what's now on the bucket list? You and I have talked about where you haven't gotten to yet, and then do, do, do what do you get to check off this year that you're planning on in terms of your travels and experiences or courses on or off the course? What's what's kind of on your list? I really wanted to go to Japan. Like, I mm. really, I've been we've been wanting to go over there. I have every disc that they sold at Las Vegas for fundraisers. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. um, it's just, gosh, the schedule is so busy. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's impossible and it never fails. Like same thing. I won't be going over to Europe again this year. And like, I have the best, you know, tour guides around with Hannah and Evelina to take me over there. But, um, both years last year and this year, either right before days before days after is uh, a master's world championship or one of our other majors. And so it's, it's just impossible. I even wanted to really try to go back to Kansas city. I haven't played Mm -hmm. there in years, um, but it's right before master's worlds. And so, you know, those, you can't, you really can't even play a tournament the weekend before, but if you're doing uh, doubles or distance or anything else, cause they start that weekend. Mm-hmm. So it, it really world championship takes, you know, two weekends. Um, so that, that took out Rochester. I was kind of wanting to play Rochester open right before um, Vermont. Um, but it's, it's silly. It's impossible. So there's, there's still a few out there that I, I want to go back and play one day. Yeah. There's no way at this point in our careers, you, you can play every event you want to. It's yeah. almost it's almost impossible if you truly want to hit and be relevant on the pro tour to be able to hit all these other fun events or ones that are close to you. You have to be picky. You have to pick and choose yeah. these days. Yeah, and there's there's always a couple of good ones every weekend. So mm-hmm. it, it definitely makes it difficult to pick and choose. Yeah, and I think to uh, go on that point of the Japan Open – which I think it does hurt a little bit that there's not a PDGA sanctioning necessarily attached to it. I think that it, although it's this incredible, could be incredible cultural experience. And, it looks and, incredible. Yeah, and this lifetime experience and, and Innova and the rest of the crew are going to do this amazing job with it when there's no tie to you know any kind of PDGA recognition. And, and I, I guess that's a compliment. Yeah. yeah, that's a compliment to the PDGA and to the that, that there is that value that feels like it should be attached. I mean, at, for many years, it's been considered a major and they just have a different mm-hmm. philosophy with it, which I also can yeah. embrace and understand. But it, it's too bad that I don't think enough See, of our top level players will go make a an experience of it. Um, it just. Yeah. 
I think it would either I, have to be I a major we, or on the tour in order to get people to I go agree. there. Not even an A tier. I think you could make it a, 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 the greatest A tier, and it's still not going to draw people away from the current tour and majors. It's so tough. I just think if there was, if it was a free weekend, you know, if there were just, if it wasn't so packed, I would go without the sanctioning in a heartbeat mm, sure. um, because I want to go for the experience. I'm not going for the money. I'm not mm-hmm. going. I mean, even going over to Australia or Thailand, you know, Terry, like we're not going for the payout. Yeah. <laughs> like, there was no way. I don't even think my payout in Australia could have paid for like the taxis or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's just, yeah. it, you're not going to those countries for to make money. You're going for the experience um, and to meet new people and to see how disc golf is played in other countries. Um, I, I'm sure European Open is a little bit different. Clearly, mm-hmm. it's it's gone to that professional level. But if you're looking at any of those other countries, um, I, I think it's strictly for the experience. Yeah, it, it is. And I, I feel like, again, back in 2008 and 2010, when I had gone to Japan Open. That's a lot uh, of fun. Yeah, you, you were so much about, hey, we're playing this in another country, which at the time was... So much more, you know, pardon the pun, more of even a foreign concept just simply because it was it wasn't economical, uh, you know, from a business perspective and you went for the experience. But now traveling internationally is, you know, and that's another subject on our show tonight is just the fact that we're seeing like tours, we're seeing coverage, we're seeing Mm -hmm. a viable, you know, realistic you know, uh, traipsing around of Europe next year or this year. And that's going to be incredible. So we've and come a long way. All of them over here. I mean, like it's yeah. there's definitely it's I feel like we're ab- about to get to another level on complete international play. For you sure. know, world championships will be world championships pretty soon. Yeah, and is there you spoke of Evelina and Hannah a little while ago. Is um is it just do you assume with your conversations with them and your friendship with them that them coming here for three and four month stints is just going to become the norm for them? Are they essentially going to be here all the time every year? I, I don't want to speak for them, but mm-hmm. I would I would think, yes, I think you can stay three months. Is that correct? And then yeah. you have to go back and you can you have to go back for just a day. Yep. You have to go back and then you can come right back. So um, I'm sure most all of them will be doing two, three, you know, different little tours back over here. They, I'm sure, will all be going back to play the, you know, most of that big track of the European tour and then be right back here to finish it up in the U.S. Yeah, which is just incredible that we have, like we're saying, this opportunity, the notion and the opportunity and the arrangement and the scheduling and the timing and the the financial viability of it all. Like that was all... Almost crazy. I mean, I, I ran into Albert, who you said you had just interviewed, but talking to uh, Albert Tom this weekend, he he had just landed within the last few days or so. He's in Arizona, and he said, yeah, I just want to be here to practice. It's much warmer weather here. It's gorgeous here. I have an RV. But not really. Well. <laughs> oh, boo-hoo. Yeah, he, Stop he, it, he would Arizona still take girl. 55. <laughs> yeah, he'd still take 55 over zero. Uh, That's true. But... Um, just the fact that, I mean, he's got an RV here mm-hmm. uh, to be here and then take on. And he just said that makes the most sense. I know where I'm going to sleep every night. I've got my touring scheduled. Yeah. Like that's that is just sounded crazy to all of us 10 years ago. 
Uh, and he's not right. the only one. Yeah. No, I mean, and for Hannah and Evelina, well, and Kristen and Silver talked about it too. Their their greatest expense is a, renting a car. Yeah. And it's like, if there's any way we could figure out how to get them an insurance over here, it'd be cheaper to buy a car and sell it at the end of the year. Yeah. Um. So I think there will be, you know, whether, and I don't know how all that works. I know Simon, you know, was able to, before he moved here, he was able to get that special, you know, athlete visa, Mm -hmm. which extended his stay. So I don't know if more of them will be able to start getting that, if that will open up where they can purchase or keep things over here or have insurance where they can do that instead of having to rent cars. Um, I, I think a lot of that, hopefully the kinks will get worked out and be a lot easier on all of them. Yeah. It's amazing that people, a lot of people don't even take that into account when they think of the tour life, like you're renting yeah. a car for, yeah. like, for like five months. <laughs> it's expensive. Yeah. I mean, it's expensive. yeah, I can, I can only imagine how many thousands of dollars that's going, that, mm-hmm. that is just, just Multiple. to be able, yeah, obviously just to be able to get back and forth. Cause you're right. It would be, it would be mm-hmm. better for somebody locally to buy a car and then, you know, loan yeah. it out to them or something along those lines. But again, then that, that takes insurance and all these other mm-hmm. things that you need to take into account. Yep. I, I'm smelling a business plan here somewhere. Uh, we need more Europeans to come over before we make this a business. <laughs> well, Otherwise, yeah, you're just I, literally taking advantage of like two poor girls. <laughs> I'm just saying that, uh, yeah, with the more people I'm that are coming that. over, uh, yeah, the way, the Some way that it could get done. Some insurance company needs to. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Do we know anyone own that's related to the PDGA that does insurance? Huh. Hmm. Almost like there was mm. there used to be a major event in the Midwest here with a insurance backer. Yeah, or somebody that sits on the PDGA board that knows about insurance. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you've mm. got those connections to the PDGA. Heinold, I want a commission of all of this. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I need a commission on all this, Nate Heinold. Yeah. Oh, I mean, this could be another. This could be a PDGA, like a PDGA Europe or a, or a, just a PDGA uh, bonus, not a bonus, uh, perk member perk of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Program. Don't know. Put yeah. it on European the po- program. That's right. I'm an idea man. I just don't do it. Anyway, uh, uh, real quick, I do want to have a, a conversation uh, that I, irked isn't the right word, but um, I'm, I'm looking for personally, this is a little self-serving on assistance, <laughs> assistance with um, we, we need a we need more coverage. B, we need mm-hmm. more FPO coverage and C, I can't do it all. So come on. He, he, here, here's what I'm saying. Here's what I really do want to say. And, and I. <laughs> I'm I'm genuinely looking for feedback in that. Um, There's times like this this past weekend um, where I'm essentially uh, taking on the the coverage of of the MPO action, and Mm -hmm. through just a a blind, I'll call it a blind faith or and or roll of the dice is maybe a better word. No, it's not even that. It's not even that positive. Anyway, I, I gather a couple other guys, take a chance on getting some additional coverage and some footage, and then go out and we film FPO, which I'm, I am I love the idea. Of course, I've filmed, we've filmed a ton of FPO. The, I think part of the disconnect or the challenge comes in. Here's where I need your help. How, how do we get more people involved, and how, do, how can we lower expectations on someone like myself that well, I, is a smaller crew and can't possibly 
turn around all coverage instantly that I'm not even really responsible for. Like, how, right. how can I call these people off me and get them to back off? So you say, hey, guess what? We have all this extra footage because this awesome college kid donated his time. And I'm going to get to that and give it to you. And it's going to be amazing as soon as I can. <laughs> but he didn't. He didn't even donate his time. I paid him. I paid him out of my own pocket. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so okay, I didn't know that. I've, I've taken that on, which I, I am. I'm OK. Have with you doing, watched it yet? Um, yeah, I've, I'm, I'm mostly through round one, which he he in this case is graciously. His name is Tyler. Uh, he had reached out to me through Instagram. And uh, then we started talking about stuff. And I said, well, I'm going to take a chance on you being a good cameraman. He, he is just that. Uh, and, uh, I was really curious I'm editing cool? his yeah I'm, I'm editing his first round and he admitted this is the first ever round of golf he's filmed and uh, he admitted to being a little bit nervous and working out a few details and so far it's been great uh, and again we're in okay. round one he said he felt he even got better in rounds two and three all totally he understandable all totally mm-hmm. understandable my, my very selfish challenge is the idea that uh, I, I sometimes get challenged or chastised because the FPO coverage isn't out yet. Or maybe it doesn't even it, exist in some events. How do we how do we like how do we fix all of that? You you can't, Terry. You cannot do all of it. We cannot be in two places at once. You cannot do more than you can do. So we just have to be thankful. People have to be grateful and thankful that you are doing that and we're going to get it when you get it done. And it's, we should appreciate that. It's just the and way I, the world is. I'm I, sorry. No, I don't know. No. And I, I, I'm not looking, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not looking for a pat on the back. I appreciate the kind words, but like there, what's the next solution to others? Like no one would have argued if somebody showed up and said, Hey, we'll cover FPO this weekend. I, I don't think anyone would argue right. with that. No, but we don't, ha- we don't not. have those people beating down that door either. So because I don't know personally, but is uh, Terry, is it a huge money making deal? Like I think no. until <laughs> no, exactly. It's a big money, exactly. ma- big money losing yeah. deal. Yeah. So until the sport continues to grow, like we're very, we should be very grateful for what we get. I think, but I've been around here for a little bit <laughs> and we're a little more mature audience. I just, um, I, of course, I want the coverage. The rest of the world wants the coverage, so on and so forth. There's just literally a, a, a well, both a time and money component to it yeah. that any one, I, there's no one entity that can fully solve it and be solvent be profitable be practical about it and so i'm generically asking for some form of well a an answer but b some kind of call out or or plea for others because the opportunities are there and we know ace run who's often on the board Mm -hmm. ace run has has been through this grind gk pro has been through this grind Mm -hmm. i've been through this grind we need more people out there willing and able to take on these efforts and do you th- um yeah. Do you think that if the sport continues to grow just a little bit more you will get more college kids like Tyler, more school projects that these, you know, you get to these towns and you guys can reach out to the colleges and be like, "Hey, who needs, you know, extra credit or, you know, and and can they edit?" You know, yeah. do you trust, but that's the thing, do you trust some college kid to edit it like you would? 
if yeah. they don't know what disc golf is. Yeah, I think if so. you're not a disc golfer, I think you're you're in big trouble there. Uh, I mean, let's, well, yeah, if you're not a disc golfer and you haven't watched coverage, certainly. yeah, I I think that's that's a pretty tall task. I I like that idea. Um, in the right cities, in the right towns, that might be mm-hmm. relatively viable. I mean, uh, Grant Draper on the board says, "I'm a videographer. I'd love to travel and film disc golf. A literal dream, but I have a family to take care of. Um, yeah. I would quit. Yeah, and it like, just that's doesn't part of the, pay the bills. Yeah, it mm-hmm. it absolutely doesn't. And so, um, you know, I don't think it's a lack of people having the desire, but there's a practicality right. of it, and right. that's what I think is one of the biggest challenges. So, um. Yeah, anyway, it's it's something and we need and, to get more sponsors, Terry. More sponsors. What can we do for more sponsors? The, I mean, the problem is obviously as everyone knows, the sponsors want the sponsors are being tapped out because they're covering what gets the most eyeballs, mm-hmm. which is right now the pro tour, right. you know, the the Absolutely. the silver events. So it's a lot harder now I feel like to get probably significant sponsorship mm-hmm. for some of your even your bigger A tiers now. That that's just not where the eyeballs are and that's not where the quote unquote smart money is these days. It 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 really is a, a problem that I don't know if it's going to be solvable because even up until I don't know about last year, but FPO coverage on the pro tour isn't always profitable. I mean, I've talked to the guys no. at GK and 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 they, you know, they're they get through with and because of some of the extracurriculars that they do on their channel, FPO coverage a lot of times doesn't pay the bills for them. And, yeah. you know, you, you've got MPO coverage, which will get 100,000 or 150,000 views or 200 or 250,000. We're looking at the FPO coverage and it's still only getting sometimes 20,000, 40,000, 50,000 views and that's just not so, as we know enough to so what to do coverage. we need to do do we need to like do a little like side dance or <laughs> no i know, think just little <laughs> to I, I get it's, some more <laughs> it's it's getting better views. i mean it's 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 getting better in that the, the, the better the fpo field gets the more interest it will bring just like we saw with the mpo like again yeah. five, five or six years ago mpo coverage wasn't paying the bills right now look at the growth in the number of women who are playing now. So I think we'll catch up there. And I was talking to Patty uh, Robinson from Australia today, and we were talking about how you know they think it's so cool that we can actually have this as a career. But in Australia, clearly the game is not that big yet. And mm-hmm. so everyone over there still works and plays like we mm-hmm. used to, you know, 10 years ago, whatever, you know, however long you want to throw it back. But um you know, he was saying too, like, we hope that, you know, as we watch America, you know, the sport grow and, you know, all the incredible changes that they hope that they will continue to follow in our footsteps and have the growth over there in their country as well. And so I think it's would probably be the same way as as the number of women who continue to grow. There's going to be more women who hopefully want to watch women's coverage. And so hopefully that will continue to grow. And you just have that little bit of a lag until all that catches up. But I I think we need a lot more sponsors, clearly, to cover it. And Terry, how many tournaments used to get covered? Worlds, um, you Uh know, major, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, Mm -hmm. like you were saying, like, there's people want coverage every week. Now, every big tournament, they want they want coverage. Next day coverage. (laughs) Yeah. And so, like you said, sponsors aren't going to be paying weekly. They used to only have to pay maybe four times a year. 
So <clears throat> your pockets are getting emptied very frequently to get that coverage out there. And, and it is sad because people expect it, like you said. So, yeah, and I, I, I do want to be very crystal clear. Like, I love my job. I love what I do. I love going to all sorts of events and to have the experiences and the people and the locals, the golf, the non-golf. Like, I am not complaining uh, about the job or the people that view it. I just, there also has to be a little bit of a, there's just a little bit of a, uh, we have to recognize that. Realism. Um, Yeah, just a practicality Mm -hmm. to it all. And Right. Um, you know, and maybe I took a comment to heart a little too hard today that I that I got <laughs> in my Facebook uh, that just said, hey, you know, like and, and it could have been. And it, I think it was innocently asked as to, you know, well, why isn't there FPO coverage or why wasn't it MPO and then FPO or or whatever? And it was, you know, I mean, there's only so many hours in a day. And um, yeah. when when funding is not just pouring out of the sky to have a team five or 10 or 20 deep. Uh, right. That that's why there there's your answer, and um, until that happens, I just uh, I think people um, I don't want to say can just, you respond we'll be, one man show. <laughs> that's what <laughs> I think. That's, one man hey, show. That's pretty much what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I said I work a lot of hours in the where's day. Your, and, where's your yeah. where's your donation? And I'll get right on it. <laughs> so it's and again I'm I'm not lashing out at anyone or trying to you know uh, complain. I I just. I'm crying out for a solution that hopefully mm-hmm. uh, we can arrive at some more ideas for how things like that can happen. Yeah. Um, because it, it's, yeah, otherwise it's, it's a little bit overbearing. So there's a bit much. Uh, we, all right. We need more Terry's. I don't, nobody said that ever. I don't know if that's the right idea. <laughs> I've never, but, I've never said that in that. my life. I've known him for uh, like I, 30 years. I don't recommend never that, once but said that. There, there needs- <laughs> There needs to be other solutions. So, uh, <laughs> Carney out on the board says, I want more AM coverage. Go capture it, Carney. Oh. Get it. Get it. Along with the Masters coverage and junior coverage, they're the I future. Yep. They're the future of our sport. The Masters, those are the, those are no our pioneers. Ending. Those are our pioneers of the sport. The legends, I mean, they're showing that the, the senior Sanderson's are, are a viable entity too. Like we can make an argument for literally every age, yes. you know, and, and they, they might be valid arguments. And, they all are. and I will say to every person that, that feels so passionate about it, you're welcome Get to go camera. make it happen. Yep. Yeah. And, and I and I Get do mean camera. that with sincerity. Yeah, no one's like, stopping anybody. Yeah. I picked like, up a camera, started a channel. Uh, you can do it too. The other, more today than ever. Mm-hmm. The other day we reached out and we yeah. said, Hey, you know, we, we want to get more women's perspectives on podcasts. If there's anyone out there that's, you know, wants to do a podcast that's a woman from your perspective, reach out to us. And we had someone reach out and she was like, Well, you know, I, I do the I do podcast pretty much during the off season and then I kind of shut it down and I spin back up and this and that she's like how did you get like how'd you guys get your network the way you did and i'm like network I'm like literally it's terry and i we we picked up a mic eight years ago like yeah. that's that's all we did and she's like really you guys like sound like you have it like so together it's like, <laughs> like um, well thank you first of all but no um that's, no it, literally just anybody can do it nobody there's zero it. there's zero uh barriers these days yeah so get yep. after it all right well we're gonna let you get after it thank you uh for joining but before we let you go uh since we'll be seeing you a ton this year and we're looking forward to it uh give some shout outs plugs how can people support you where do they need to go find your stuff or promo codes to use give us give us the spiel uh Continued thanks to Innova Disc and hopefully some more incredible tour series will be out that everyone can purchase uh, throughout the year. Hopefully we'll have two of those again this year and I plan 
on keeping the exact same ones. We all love my T-Bird, which is absolutely amazing. And then Innova was um, great enough to give us a second disc, which I had the Halo Rock 3, which Mm. both discs were absolutely flew perfectly for me. So I hope to get the exact same you know where they come out just exactly the same. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, what do you want to tweak this year? Absolutely nothing. Don't touch it. Just make <laughs> it exactly the same. So I hope to get those that you guys can get out and support me with. You can follow me, Jennifer15354 on Instagram. And then hopefully I'm going to make a few things to to sell throughout the year. Do a little bit more. Hopefully we'll see. Mm, you got any exclusive you, give us give us an exclusive hint here what, what, are you, what are you working on well i was gonna say also thank you zuka who mm-hmm. you can also um purchase my zuka cart if you want a beautiful bright arizona sky kind of native theme bag i absolutely love it and there might be a, something a little bit um, more with that coming and then thank you grip as well so when i um have to fly the grip bag is is the only way to go for me and yeah, but hopefully it's some merchandise this year. I, I made a, my own stamp that I sold and took out with me last year on the road here and there. And so I plan on making an, uh, another stamp or two. Are we well. going to continue to see you on the on the uh, Zuka commercials and the giant Zuka trust? Do we get a giant Jen Allen all year again? Maybe. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Yay. I may... It, I may have a f- uh, a friend on there. Oh, this, this time. Okay. I don't know how they're going to do it, but there might be more than one or two. Okay, I can't wait to see. Mm. <laughs> Who do you think it is, Terry? Come on, good guess. I'm not going to answer, but you can guess. Uh, it shouldn't be a hard guess. Andrew Zimmer. I don't know if there's a. I don't know if that's a spoiler alert, though. I don't know if Zuko would get mad if I. So, but yeah, there might be a few of us this year. A few oh. trusses, maybe. So, wow. Yeah. I don't trust that. All right. Jen, <laughs> keep doing great things. Uh, it, it's awesome seeing you out there. Congratulations on the, uh, on the incredible performance this weekend and uh, looking forward to you dabbling still in your uh, in your FPO or I'm sorry FP40 yeah. action as well as the MPO or the wow I could almost spit this out all of it F- I'm going to I might play, play MPO everything. I might play MPO 40 there you I, go who knows? yeah you can hang we'll absolutely mm-hmm. I've done it once Where, whatever division you play in uh, we're looking forward to seeing it congrats again on this awesome. weekend thanks for joining us thanks for doing the the work over there at the PDGA media keeping yeah. Grant Zellner in line and uh, we'll see you in a few no weeks no one has to exactly <laughs> We we'll won't see. edit this at all, I promise. No. <laughs> <laughs> see you later, night. Jen. Thank you, guys. See Bye. Ya. Bye. All right, everyone. Jen Allen. They edit their stuff, Terry. Why don't you do that for us? Because I don't make mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> I, could al- I almost said that. <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, what division yes. is she playing? <laughs> I, some. She can play wherever she wants. She can. Like, I, 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 yeah, I'm not going to discriminate. She can play wherever she wants. All right, Nate, have a good night. Thanks for joining us. Uh, um, so we're going to have another guest, and it very, very FPO-centric, in fact, because she's going to be, well, I, I should say all uh, women's divisions centric or focused. Uh, we're going to have Chrissy Fountain in a little while. Uh, I guess the question is, do we, do we have her headline 
our after show in a sense, or do we keep rolling? I think we have our headline the after show technically. That sounds like good. That. We can do that. Yeah. It'll it'll force people to tune into the after show. Oh yeah, well. And then my next question is: uh, Is there anything else we want to hammer on, or talk about, or or, or discuss yeah. here in the regular show? Yeah, we've we got we've, okay. we've we've got we've got discussion points, Terry Miller. All right, so let's let's get to that then. Uh, first and foremost, uh, let's get the big news out of the way. The DGPT announced, or DGN, depending on how you want to look at it, that they're going to be covering seven additional events. From the European tour, the Euro tour. Now, I know this can be a little confusing because Europe, much like the US a couple of years ago, they have two different tours. They've got the EPT, which is the European Pro Tour, mm. and they've got the ET, which is the Euro Tour. The Euro Tour is the PDGA backed tour, and the EPT is kind of like what the DGPT was like five years ago. Mm. So you've kind of got two. I don't want to call them competing, but they are. Whether you like it or not, they're competing tours. Um, And I would say that unlike what we were doing here, they don't necessarily coordinate as well as the DGPT and the national tour did. So there's going to be some overlap. I think there's three or four events, maybe maybe two, two, three or four events that actually overlap um, between the EPT and the ET. I know it gets very it's very confusing with all the acronyms and whatnot. Where do I get to buy a euro? Uh, a, a euro over at Oakland Euros. Okay. Yes. Euro That's a, gy- a gyro. A euro. Oh. So MVP sponsors this? Oh man, <laughs> confusing me, Terry. No. Uh, so anyway, so the, so DGN is going to be covering seven events. I think two of them are going to be done by the regular crew. So us, I believe that's probably going. to, I'm certain it's going to be uh, the PCS event. And there should be one more. You an open? Well, no, I, that one that doesn't count because we oh. were going to cover that one. There's one more European tour event that was going to come. Maybe it's the island. Um. Anyway, uh, the other ones are going to be covered by a, a a a third party, which I'm drawing a blank on the name right now. Okay. But with the assistance of the Disc Golf Network, so I know there was some comments from the Europeans about the quality of this third party company uh, in the past. And I can assure you from some talks that I've had and listening to to Jeff talk about this, that they're going to be working with us. So, you're, you know, they're going to have the Disc Golf Pro Tour graphics. They're going to be kind of doing that whole thing. And you're going to have simultaneous broadcasts between oh. the EPT, the ET, and maybe even the Disc Golf Network, the DGPT, on same weekends. It's going to be, there is no excuse if you want to watch disc golf this summer. Like there, Plenty of just, options. Plenty of options. What does this mean for uh, a lot of different things? I, that's a great question that I just asked out loud to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, this could, in theory, in the long run, this could hurt the European Pro Tour. We know that, as we were just talking, sponsorship is not an infinite pit. Mm. There is there's a limit. So if the PDGA and the DGPT are really pushing the Euro Tour, pushing those uh, purses and advertising up, that could affect the EPT and Disc Golf Stream, who I am a supporter of, and I have a subscription to, the, to Disc Golf Stream. I've talked with uh, Yuha, and you know I've helped him out. I've, I've mm-hmm. we've, we've chatted back and forth. Great guy. 
I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I know Jeff had said that there's that as always, they want to try to collaborate, but ultimately the DGPT and the DGN is the official pro tour of the PDGA, regardless of where in the world it is. So if there's a, a Southeast Asian tour that springs up, the PDGA in theory can go there, start a new tour and DGN has that. Hmm. Has access to that. They are the official. They have rights to every official PDGA tour. So if there is a a, a, a South American tour, if there's an African tour, if there's a, 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 a Russian tour, whatever that is, DGBT has rights to cover that first and foremost. So that's kind of out there, uh, as Jeff had said uh, today. I hope for the best because I know the guys at the at Disc Golf Stream are are killing it, but I also know that they have got a lot of improvements they need to do as well. You know, I've we've all probably hopefully watched some of the videos, mm-hmm. and and we're going to see what this means. What does this mean for Disc Golf Network subscribers? More videos, more coverage. Yeah, that's a, yeah. um, I, I don't know all the details. I'm not involved. I don't think in any of the broadcasts. Thankfully, hallelujah. Um, but I'm excited to see what this can do for European disc golf in general. It gives them more options. Hopefully the best of the best will survive and maybe we'll see a, a consolidation at some point. Maybe we won't. I don't know. Terry, do you have any thoughts on any of this? I mean, it, just in hearing all that, there's clearly, it's understandable how some people are somewhat confused as to what's going to be offered and what it's all going to mean in the big picture Mm -hmm. because of all these different tours and tour names and, you know, particular either access and or rights to these different things. Uh, I haven't fully digested it all. I I saw the release myself. Some people ask, you know, what we know about it or what we thought about it. There was, there was maybe a tiny, uh, rumbling well i don't even want to say rumbling that we knew of there was stuff that we had somewhat murmurs i think is the word there were some murmurs for. and and in i'll say this this has been in the plans for months probably since la- since last yeah. year our spreadsheet that shows all of the different assignments and who's doing what and what weekends has had these european tour events the euro tour events listed in it since like november mm-hmm. when that when that spreadsheet was given to you and i those were in there so this was I personally thought they were uh, for a long time that they were just filler just to kind of get an idea of what's going on because they were always blank, but now they're filled in. Yeah. Uh, You know, as, as others have said too, anyone that's not in the U S that wants to consume disc golf, it certainly is going to appease them and their time zones that much better. Mm -hmm. Probably. I mean, think about everyone else that this will now be probably be within one or two time zones. Uh, uh, you know, of where they are. I think of someone like Luke Butch, who earlier said today, you know, he's he's happy with all of this uh, as someone who's in Thailand, uh, knowing that the time zones are that much more closely related as opposed to being the six, eight or 10 hour difference for everyone else here in the U.S. So from that perspective, I think there's going to be a lot of things that make a lot of sense. Um, and then you just talk about just the overall energy and efforts that are going to be put on by all of these. It's no secret. You're going to add this many more moving parts this many more entities and and components you know i think about the years that it's taken to get things to be a solid uh product and now you're adding in this additional international component to all of it 
uh, I mean, you, you have to test it. You have to do it. But yeah, it's uh, it's a massive undertaking. So I'm I'm kind of ex- I'm definitely excited to see how it's going to play out, what it's going to mean. Clearly, we're going to be introduced to so many more players, so many more courses, and like you said, I mean, ultimately, there's going to be no shortage of disc golf to watch. You're not going to be able to watch it all. Yeah, there's just no <laughs> way. Not, you're gonna have to. I mean, it's going to help. And this is where kind of the conspiracy and the dark side of the the story comes in. Um, it's going to help to have Paul over there because if Paul's at some of these events, it's yeah. going to get viewership. We all know he draws eyeballs no, no matter what he does or where he is. There was some talks earlier about whether or not Paul had uh, premature information about this, which mm. he did not. Um, there, there were talks about whether or not they did this because of Paul. They did not. But it, it's funny timing that you know paul announces a euro tour even though i know he wanted to do some last year and then suddenly the the pro tour says oh yeah yeah we're gonna be there too yeah but and, and it's a coincidence uh, you, i understand I, I, my only re- my main rebuttal to that be what would be the right time well here's, right was there any time where he makes an announcement because if, if they make it the same day mm-hmm. that then, oh, that's that. gonna look you know like it's a collaboration yeah. and if and if they said it and then he goes over there um you know so, some people could then uh, look differently upon it. Like, in my opinion, with the effort of him consciously saying, I'm going to go there and spend so much time there, no matter when the Pro Tour or the Disc Golf Network says, hey, we're doing something there as well, no matter how you announce that, there's there's going to be some assumptions that are made. Yeah, but, uh, and, and I talked to Mo a little bit about this, um, as far as my perspective was, I'm I'm all for the coverage. I think it's going to be phenomenal to have more eyeballs on the European players and continent. Did they need to give them points? Because ultimately, I, I don't think these points are really going to matter too much. They're going to help out for uh, touring cards. Tour cards that they're going to get. That, sure. that, that does help out quite a bit. Um, but this late in the season, announcing an entire tour of additional points. I know there were some pros that were, that had said like, man, I wish I would have known about this. I don't know what they would have done any differently at this point and, or what they can't still do differently. I mean, these things aren't going on for months and months. And I think there's only one or two of them that are full. I think that just the, the, maybe the pro forester, it might be full Possibly over and and, and one, one other one, maybe. So, so there's that. I, I just personally don't like the precedent of, making these changes so close to when the tour is and talking to Mo, Mo was like, yes, a hundred percent. I really wish that we could have made these announcements last year, Mm. but these things also take time. And I mean, if it were up to me and up to Mo and everyone else, um, everything would be announced a year ahead of time just to avoid these things. But unfortunately that's not the, that's not the world we live in. It's very difficult to coordinate some of this stuff. And sometimes things fall in your lap. I don't know all the details about what's going on over in Europe, but it's quite possible that something just came together at quote unquote at the last minute, or finally they've been waiting on things to announce. Maybe they wanted to make this announcement three months ago, four months ago, and they just couldn't. So I don't necessarily think the points are required on these. And I wouldn't have been opposed if they would have said, Hey, we're going to broadcast these, but you know, they're not going to get, Whatever, but these are just going to be silver events. Basically, they're silver events. They can only count X amount of them. They're only going to count for fifty percent of your tour points, and 
Same as what's going on over here. So that's kind of the big Euro news. And and there's a lot to still unpack. And we're going to find out a lot more over the next probably month or so before the before the actual tour starts. Either way, I'm happy it's happening. I think it's I think it's going to be good for the sport. All I really care about is is it possible that I can screw up commentary and hosting in another language? And I think the answer is maybe. Well, I think the answer is yes. The answer is yes. The answer is yes if it I? involves another language. Because <laughs> as far as I know, you don't speak another language. I don't. So uh, then the answer is definitely yes. <laughs> but I'm saying, uh, yeah, no, no matter where it is in the world, I can I can go make mistakes. And that excites me. That, that, that does excite me. <laughs> uh, I, and I don't know as far as commentary teams what's going to happen, what language it's going to be in, if it's going to be. In a native language. In a native language, because, again, these are happening in, like, six different countries. So pick a native language. Or if they're all going to be in English, most of the time, these people, uh, the Europeans will understand English. So that's kind of the common denominator. My guess is that you're going to hear English-speaking commentary as opposed to whatever the native language is. Yeah, I, I I, I, I'm not going to rule out anything only because uh, of what I saw taking place at the European Open this Correct. year. Correct. We did there have was a, a separate, separate. St- a separate stream. See, I can't even do it in English. There was a separate <laughs> stream uh, that then was also uh, being commentated in Finnish. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I, I'm guessing something like that has at least been discussed. I don't know if it's going to come to fruition, but I would I would be shocked if there wasn't a second commentary team providing some type of stream in the the events native language that that's just what do i know though well i mean i know that that stream didn't get a lot of views but and if that, that could, if that could also be that could be just demographic that could be demographic that could be poor advertising about that stream there, sure. there are a lot of things about that that could have led to that and i don't know all those details because i don't care about those details behind the scenes so mm. but ultimately we're gonna see all right. Well, I think uh, I think that's most of the news uh, that we saw this last week. Of course, we had the big events taking place. Uh, I, I, I didn't even get to it, so I will quickly read off. Because here at Smashbox, A-tiers are our top concern. It's <laughs> a whole other conversation oh my God, no. for the after show. It's not. We'll talk it's about not. that later. Uh, but I do want to quickly read off our other top performers uh, of this weekend when I had the pleasure to be out there in Arizona. So Andrew Marweed, uh, of course, your champion, Noah Meinsma of Team DGA, a fellow Team DGA uh, teammate of his, uh, took second. Jake Brown, who's a whole other story, all in a positive way, of course. Uh, but a pleasure meeting Jake Brown this weekend. Uh, that guy has a bright future ahead of him and has only been playing three years. Who's and that? J- Jake yeah, exactly. Brown? Jake Brown. What? <laughs> uh, he's only been playing three years. He's 20 years old. And here he is beating the likes of Gibson, Hamas, Gossage, Barella, Phil Mahala, Kale Laviska, Luke Sampson. Those were the next nine or so people mm. behind him. And this kid's been throwing a disc for three years. That's not bad. Uh, and he's got a baseball background. So it seems <laughs> that, that that's a very common. Yeah. A background for a lot of our big throwers is a baseball background. So uh, th- those were your top performers uh, this weekend. Congratulations uh, to them on the MPO side. And on the FPO side, we talked with our champion, Jennifer Allen. We also saw uh, Maria Oliva's uh, very first tournament with her new uh, sponsors that will be releasing soon. 
Maria Oliva in second, Sarah Isaac in third, uh, and Michelle Sagboy in fourth, tying local Sammy Keddington. So that, those are your top finishers on that FPO side. And then I have to be, send another big shout out. Pete Uliberry uh, provided me with some drone shots. The, he went out and captured them the day before the tournament and then went on to win the tournament. I mean, that's just karma. And he's like a super great guy. But uh, uh, Pete Uliberry is your champion on the uh, MP40 side, edging out Chris Waugh. Congratulations. It was a nail biter. And uh, I think this is one of the larger Arizona tournaments that Pete hasn't yet won. And so for him to take this down, he has uh, won. And I I had the pleasure of hanging out with uh, his mom, uh, Pat having dinner on Sunday night along with the First Light crew, uh, Dan and Robin, and uh, just so many incredible people in Arizona. I could go on for hours about them, but maybe that'll all be in a drop zone some other time. So congratulations to all the competitors, spinners on the green, uh, making the event happen. Uh, just uh, awesome to be there and taking in the Arizona weather, even though it was just 55. You heard zero complaints out of me for the weekend. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, another Shelly Sharp in the books, and uh, thanks for having us out there. All right, well, let's close out the regular show. I said we already have a headliner for our after show, and we'll talk about what she's got going on along with all other things uh, related to disc golf or not. That's all part of the after show. We'll have a giveaway. We know that's your favorite part where we give away free stuff. Looking forward to doing that as well. So this has been episode 439. We have to thank, again, our champions in Andrew Marweed along with Jennifer Allen. We appreciate you guys for joining us. Looking forward to an incredible 2023 and what you guys are going to do in this touring season. For Johnny V, I'm Terry Miller, the Disc Golf Guy. We'll see you in the after show when you step inside the Smashbox. Thank you to our $2 and above patrons. Your name is listed below in the credits. If you are interested in being listed as a producer in the Smashbox TV credits and supporting this and other fine podcasts, please visit patreon.com slash smashbox TV. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.